Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your... We are back here, Purple Daily. Uh, do you want another shot at that, Jonathan? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Give me oh, one second. That's all right. Okay, no problem. It Let's is do about this. Here we go. time for Hot Rod. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Drink, drink, drink! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 3.97! I really did enjoy Alex Boone yesterday breaking down what 3.94 Dragon Smoke was. Uh, the fact that he would know that was... Uh, you, know, you know what I love it is when guys like Alex Boone break that down and they run through it super quick and then look at you like, how can you not know that? What, did you not know that? Yeah, I know 3. three and I'm still trying to process what he yeah. said. He told me that... Um, Oh, so have you, I, maybe one of those clips says this, but a day of the week, he said, if you hear a day of the week, Monday, Monday, Monday from the quarterback, yep. that means somebody forgot the snap count, and that's their way of telling them what the snap count is, is by using Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for on one, two, or three. Really? But everybody knows that, so if you have to say it, then the defense is probably like, oh, it's on one. Like, the defense probably kind of figures it out, too. So hold on a second. Okay, here, here's a really stupid question off that point. So you, if you're the quarterback and you say Tuesday, 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 that means on two. Do you right? But do you know? Do you know then that somebody didn't know the snap count? Yeah, someone would. I guess someone would have to tell you. Like how? How do they? Or they would have to signal to you that they, that? that they don't know the snap count. And and then that's how the quarterback would tell everyone. Yeah, no. that that's what the yeah. So I, I just wonder how I they didn't know that. How they go about articulating the fact that. I don't know. They the must snap just count. yell it out. They must be just like, "What's the snap count?" I, wow. I, I didn't catch it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's uh, ramp up the NFL music, Jonathan. It is time for hot routes for the day, where we go through headlines in the NFL and ask important questions about them. All right, Josh Gordon, friends, will reportedly uh, be ready to play for the New England Patriots in Week One. Okay. So this guy who's been through a lot of things, he's been through a lot of suspensions and so forth, and had to leave the Patriots last year. They still won 
the Super Bowl. Uh, he is uh, apparently a popular player among the players and uh, coaching staff with the Patriots. So I, let's assume that he plays 16 games. What do we expect this year from Josh Gordon? Uh, Patriots offense, but Brady could certainly utilize him. If he plays 16 games and and everything goes off without a hitch, I think he finishes in the top five in receptions. Oh, wow. I okay. think he could have a great expectation. Yeah, because you know what? He's a great player. I mean, if this he's kid can talent. play, he's great. I, I was at first going to say that the Belichick system might not lend itself to featuring Gordon as much, but Belichick has proven that if, if you're reliable and good, he's going to use you a ton. Yeah. Brady certainly won't uh, hesitate for one second. So I, I think he could easily, if he plays all 16 games and things go great, I think he could easily be, let's say, fifth in the National Football League interception. Matthew, what do you think, Jonathan? Would that get him to fringe Pro Bowl status? No, I think he makes oh, the Pro Bowl. If, yeah. if he's if healthy, yeah. oh, yeah. If he's healthy because of his talent and yep. everything goes off right there, with that system, I, I would say fringe Pro Bowl status. I think that he's going to be their big play receiver. So he doesn't end up with quite as many catches as someone like Julian Edelman or James White, who they love to throw to out of the backfield, or Rex Burkhead. But he's where Brady is going to go down the field and let Josh Gordon make plays because this guy, he mosses people. Like There are very few receivers anymore who have to do that. They're usually schemed to use their route running to get open. But Josh Gordon is one of the few where you can throw it up and he can make big plays. I think he's going to be like a 1,000-yard receiver, average 15, 16, 17 yards a catch, but maybe not be the guy they throw to constantly. Pro Bowl, though. Yeah, I think he's got a chance at the Pro Bowl if he stays on the straight and narrow, which we never know. Uh, All right, next one. Lions general manager said this week, you will love this, uh, Judd, that he's seen great (laughs) progress from head coach Matt Patricia of the Detroit Lions. Never good when your GM has um, to say that publicly about you. But that probably tells you all you (laughs) needed to know about him last year, that he was a disaster. I want you guys to give me a head coach who you actually think could make great progress and then tell me an area where Mike Zimmer could still make progress. Who's who's a coach you think could get I'll start with a second one first (laughs) because we all know. Are you going to say kickers? If Zim, no, I'm going to say, (laughs) I'm going to say delegation of, as they like to say, letting go. Not just kickers, yeah. offense too. Gary, Gary's his buddy. Right. He can come in and talk offense with Gary, but guess what he doesn't have to do at press conferences now? Worry about telling you guys that they're not running the football enough because Gary's got this. Right. The art of delegation, and not just that, but actually taking a deep breath and letting it go and letting other people be concerned about it. I'm, I'm going to give you a coach who can make progress, who's coming off a great first year, but his offseason has sent so many weird messages that I really think that there's progress to be made here. Matt Nagy. Yeah. Matt Nagy needs to let go. Matt Nagy needs to not reinforce the fact that you had the doink-doink against Philadelphia and a tough playoff loss. Matt Nagy needs to move forward with developing Mitch Trubisky. And so I really – it's funny. As, as good as that Bears team was and the defense was last year – I really see some shortcomings in his approach that aren't that hard to fix. Matt Nagy. All right, what do you think, Jonathan? A uh, coach who can make progress uh, this year in the NFL and also where Mike Zimmer still needs to make progress. I'm going to go with one that might be outside of the box to you guys. Sean McVay here. He spent the last two years 
basically being told that he's the greatest offensive mind in the league right now. He's this up-and-coming new guy. And then the Super Bowl comes, and he just gets shut down by the Patriots' defense. And now the book is out there on how to shut down his offense. I think he improves, and he he progresses by showing that he still can adjust, that he can make Jared Goff a valuable quarterback again outside of that Super Bowl and continue to make that offense run like it did outside of that Super Bowl game. And then kind of going off what Judd just said there, Zim can improve by not ripping people on the offense like he has in the past by just just letting go and letting and trusting what Gary Kubiak will do with his offense and just not and anytime he has a chance ripping people on the offense. Okay. Say uh, Doug wrong. I'm, I'm going to go with not <laughs> Doug wrong. I'm going to go with. Say Doug wrong. I'm going to go with former Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. I sure. think he can make progress in the way that he handles the pressure of New York. I think he can make progress in terms of his defense improving, and we'll see if he can do this, but handling the pressure with the quarterback at the Eli Manning situation, they were actually a better passing offense than the Vikings were last year. Eli Manning had more passing yards than Kirk Cousins. They had a higher expected points added, all those things. They were a halfway decent passing offense last season, but now he's got to deal with no Odell Beckham there. How's he going to manage Saquon Barkley? All those things. But I think Pat Shermer will finally at least show that he can be a decent head coach. I'm not saying they go to the playoffs necessarily, but if he makes a little bit of progress, that he can do that. And where Mike Zimmer can ha- uh, can improve, challenges and timeouts. <laughs> he missed every challenge in the preseason, which I know is the preseason, but come on, man. Because he I mean, watches the replay on the scoreboard yes. and throws the hanky. And he hears the crowd get excited and everyone's booing. Oh, challenge it, challenge it. And then he will do it. He'll do the emotional challenge, and his record for challenges is not very good. So he needs to be a little better with that, especially with the emphasis on challenges with pass interference and all that. I could see Zimmer handing away timeouts all season long, thinking that pass interference should or shouldn't have been called. So he's got to get better there. Uh, our next one. Josh Rosen lost the quarterback battle to my guy Ryan Fitzmagic uh, in the in Miami. But he said, Josh Rosen said it won't be long before the Dolphins are his team, which is a weird thing to say, I guess, when you just lost a quarterback battle to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are we ready to call Josh Rosen a bust after losing a QB competition to Ryan Fitzpatrick? Or how is his career going to play out after this? Well, he's be, he's a classic quarterback who's being who's going to the wrong teams and being handled 1,000% incorrectly, which means he might be a bust. And in uh, five to eight years, we'll talk about him and said, what would happen if he'd gone to a decent situation? Yeah. Not even a decent team, but a smart team. Yep. Uh, so, so, no, it's not fair. I have a question for you, though, quick off that. If things don't go great with the Vikings this year, and they decide that Cousins is not the guy and have to pay him for one more year, and the Dolphins are as bad as we think they're going to be, Matthew, do you think that there's a fighting chance that the Vikings go and get him? Their options would pretty much be to draft a first-round quarterback, to look for another veteran after Cousins would potentially leave, or do something like that. I mean, the door has to be open. But do you like that idea? No, I do, because I've always liked Rosen as a prospect. But last year, they had a worse offensive line than the Vikings. He got sacked more times in less than two and a half seconds than any other quarterback. And he didn't even play the whole year. And that game was, that was awful. And, and that was a, yeah, that was a mess. And uh, then, you know, in Miami here, 
This head coach, Brian Flores, I'm not sure he has any clue what he's doing. He's playing mind games with his wide receiver, and even though Josh Rosen seemed to play pretty well in the preseason games, he still ends up going with Ryan Fitzpatrick, which, why are you trying to win games with Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know what that guy's going to do. He's going to throw a bunch of interceptions. I don't really understand their coaching. They have another terrible offensive line. Josh Rosen might be better off not playing. Right. But then would you, would you, if you were the Vikings, consider trying to extract him from Miami, get him here? I guess he would theoretically sit behind Cousins for a year. But then if you could flip the switch and go to him, that could be an interesting, and because he, he'd be a veteran by that point. Yeah. He wouldn't have played a lot, but I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, and we've seen plenty of quarterbacks struggle at, with their first team and then do better with their second team. Yep. Well, I, but I've got a prediction on how it's going to play out, but I'll let Jonathan answer first. My only question, my question is, before I answer this, is he? are they going to get rid of his left tackle? Yeah, well, that would be um, bad. Because if they get rid of the left I, it tackle. It seems like Laramie Tunsil is going to get traded, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, because we've already seen it's the reports. trade a left tackle is good. <laughs> Greatest bong of all time. I know, yeah. I know. Speaking of always drafting the bong guy, how about the guy with the bong mask? <laughs> but he's turned out to be a good player. Yeah. That just I, speaks I'm... to my brand. <laughs> if they get rid of him and there's the reports that if they do, they... The, the locker room will revolt or whatever the, the reports were. <laughs> they've I don't, got, they've I, got locker room revolt. Never, revolt. <laughs> never, ever, ever hire a Belichick guy ever again. Fellow Dolphins, revolt. How many times are we going to... How many times are NFL <laughs> like teams going to do noises. that? No, I'm not ready to call him a bust yet. Uh, it's too early. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jonathan. But here's how this is going to play out for Josh Rosen. Okay, He's going to get in a couple of games with the Dolphins after Ryan Fitzpatrick goes to Bluey like he always does. So he'll play like eight games or something. He'll be nah, nah, nah. He'll do some good things, some bad things. And then he's going to, uh, uh, they're going to get a phone call in Miami. And it's going to be Brian Flores on the phone. He's going to say, it's your old friend Bill Belichick because Tom Brady is retiring and we want to trade for Josh Rosen. And then he's going to go to New England and he's going to win six Super Bowls and it's going to be the worst thing ever. And in 2020, Patricia will, will be the D.C., and Brian <laughs> Flores will be the Flores linebackers, back, coach, linebackers coach, and it'll all be perfect. All right, next hot route here, Judd Zolgad, Jonathan Harrison, uh, as we go through questions of around the league. Um, it looks like former Penn State quarterback Trace McSorley has won a roster spot in Baltimore, and he, he's a really good athlete, like one of the best athletes at the Combine, one of those guys they asked to play wide receiver. So John Harbaugh has kind of left the door open for him playing multiple roles and not just being Lamar Jackson's backup. I want you guys to give me your favorite player who was a quarterback but also played other stuff, whether it was special teams, wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera. Quarterback slash something, who's your favorite out? Okay, I'm going to go in the way back machine. Okay. Before I think probably both of you were born, and I'm going to give you a guy, the guy that replaced Roger Staubach at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. The guy's name is Danny White. I'm and Danny and what was great is after three downs of things did not go right for the Cowboys when Danny White was uh, starting a quarterback, at least at first for them, guess who would go into punting formation and punt the ball? Danny White would. <laughs> yeah. Qu- quarterback slash punter. Talk about a great roster yeah. spot. Yeah. George Blanda up there as well. But I didn't see Blanda play. I just love the fact that you saved a roster spot and your quarterback would go back and punt after leading an unsuccessful three and out or something. Mine's n- he wasn't really a starting quarterback in his NFL career, but he did play it in college, and it's Antoine Randall. He threw oh, a touchdown yeah. pass in Super Bowl 40, a if Madden, I remember correctly. Yes, a Madden favorite, yes. Antoine Randall. Absolutely. Just place him at quarterback and just run all over the place. He was my favorite. I got a few. 
Cordell Stewart. Yes. Oh, Slash. Slash. Yeah. I mean, that was super fun for a time when Cordell Stewart would play wide receiver. He would come in. He'd run a Wildcat type thing before the Wildcat was the Wildcat. That was Cower, right? You started anything. that? Yeah. Bill yeah. Cower? He could do anything. He could be a running back if you wanted to. And Neil O'Donnell was no fun to watch play football. No. So Cordell Stewart, <laughs> no. a, te- a team that was ground and pound with Bam Morris and Eric Pegram, all of a sudden has the most unique and exciting weapon in the league. I'll give you a couple other ones. Tom Tupo was a punter slash quarterback. Love that. He won four games one year as a starting quarterback. And uh, Ray Lucas, another Madden classic yep. player mm-hmm. who would play uh, other positions, started on special teams. So good luck, Trace McSorley. I hope he becomes the next Cordell Stewart. Or so Ray he's going to play where? I don't know. He might, be like, he, might, he might be like a weapon where they put him in at wide receiver or whatever, All backup right. quarterback. Maybe he could run a wildcat thing. All right, last uh, hot route question for you guys for the day. All uh, rookie quarterbacks outside of Kyler Murray will start the year as backups. So Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, the top picks, they will not be starting for their respective teams. Who is going to be the first to start an NFL game of the rookies who were taken this year aside from Kyler Murray? Uh, This is very, very simple for me. It's going to be Haskins. Yeah. Keenum's going to lose that job. Here's the thing. Haskins was specifically drafted by one guy, Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder owns the Redskins. He is as hands-on as it possibly gets to a, believe me, fault. Uh, I, I'm sticking with my contention that I will be very surprised, disappointed, but also surprised if uh, if Case Keenum does. If Case Keenum starts here in Week Eight, I believe the Thursday night game, I'm going to be shocked. Um, the Redskins are going to get off to a, a marginal start, probably. Things aren't going to go great. They're just really not very good. And Case Keenan will be replaced at the owner's behest uh, very quickly. Yeah, I'm with Judge. Or Case Keenum's just going to throw a couple interceptions in the first couple games, and the owner's just going to have enough there and make the change himself. It's going to be Dwayne Haskins. And Jay Gruden might be fine. Yeah. I, how, how is he still there? It is impressive. Daniel Snyder has no patience. I'm shocked that Jay Gruden is still coach. So I, I think that you guys are probably right if you're putting down odds. The long shot would be Drew Locke. Yeah. If things started off really horribly and then Joe Flacco got hurt. Like last year, we wouldn't have said Lamar Jackson was going to get to sure. start for Baltimore because they had Joe Flacco. And then Lamar Jackson's the one taking them into the playoffs because Flacco has had a recent history of a, a lot of injuries, or at least especially last year. And then I think he was playing through a bunch of injuries before. So he is on the older side. He's not mobile. You could totally see him getting hurt and then them having to turn to Drew Locke. And uh, if Daniel Jones is the quarterback, I think Pat Shermer is probably done in New York, is my guess. Because the owner wants Eli Manning to be the starter. They tried that once. It didn't work out so well. So that is today's Hot Routes. We do it every day, run through the news and uh, talk about some different angles to news stories. So, Judd, with the preseason over, everybody making their cuts, it's a Friday. We're at the fair having a really good time here. I want to go through the divisions. I want to get on record what what we think, how they're going to play out, including, of course, the NFC North. So we're going to do that uh, for the rest of the show here. Just go through the AFC, NFC, make our predictions, talk about how things are going to play out this season when we return. And then next week, Judd, it's Falcons, Vikings, and we get to actually talk about how a game is going to go. Is there anything more painful in, in in all of sport that we follow than waiting for the the National Football League season to start? It would be the best argument. Today would be the best argument you could make to me about 18 games. If you said you could be actually talking about a real game instead of last night's fourth preseason game, I'd say, okay, all right. 
Let's let's it's just do that, that you, instead. You're excited when training camp starts, and and then believe it or not, I actually think you're excited to play a game, preseason game one. Yeah, and first then by one. and yeah. then and then by now, it's just like dreadful torture. Yes, and the final cuts for the Vikings are just not going to be interesting. I mean, I I just I don't agree. I don't see well, any shockers really coming here. The the Slaughter and Vedvik will be amusing. But, I mean, what are we but talking not, about here? Well, I know. A third kicker and third quarterback. Well, but as I keep telling you, that's because there should be a conversation of did Josh Klein make the team, not was he gifted the right guard position. Yeah. Oh, that's right. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll run through. We'll start with the AFC, work our way to the NFC for predictions before we finally get going in week one. That's when we come back. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. on Purple Daily. Before we get to um, some of these divisions, and I want to get our predictions on record. Last year, I had the hot blazing prediction that Cincinnati would be better than everyone thought, and they weren't. Yep. Uh, So usually these are wrong, and that's why we don't gamble. Um, But before we get into that, Judd, um, I wanted to bring up what happened with Tyler Skaggs, that uh, it's uh, been reported that they have the autopsy and they figured out how he passed away. He's the pitcher for the um, Los Angeles Angels who died earlier this season. And a major part of it was opioids, fentanyl, and mixed with alcohol. And then he choked on his own vomit, essentially. Correct. And that's what they've discovered for why he passed away. And I can't help but think about where we are in the NFL today with the state of... Um, painkillers and everything else and, and how violent the game is and and how, so much pressure for players to get back on the field and I, I think about the number of Vikings players who I've seen over the couple last couple years who have gone out there and you wonder, is that really a good idea? I mean, 2017 Sam Bradford goes out and plays against Chicago. I don't think he had any business going out and playing in that game and you wonder, just behind the scenes, what is going on to get guys out on the field that might impact them long-term or even while they're still playing. And as we talk about uh, in politics and things like that, how to deal with an opioid crisis in America, it has not been discussed at all in professional sports, and football would be the one that you should focus on a lot where it would would be a real significant issue. Well, and guys, uh, what, get shot up to just go play games? And and this can be, if they're really not hurt that, badly uh this is okay so this to me is a very interesting discussion based on football in particular and you really do as people say i i wonder if football will be around in 50 years and some people like of course it will be it's the most popular sport in america and blah but when you think about it the question makes sense because there's nothing about that lifestyle or that game that is healthy or good for you you think about, you know, you, you can legislate against how, how guys can hit with their helmets to reduce concussions. But we both know you're never going to take them out of the game. There's continual yep. head contact. You know, defensive linemen hitting the O-line. And, and the amount of concussions probably sustained per game is probably still, to this day, staggeringly high. Uh, to your point about opioids and things like that. And it really does get down to there's no way to make the sport safe. You know, like baseball, you're going to get hurt, nicks, bruises, cuts, but it's pretty safe, right? Hockey, you're trying. Uh, Again, I'm not sure that that you can make that sport entirely safe. Basketball, I think you're going to get hurt, but it's pretty safe. But football is the one where unless you stop playing the game, 
How do you stop these things? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, this made me think also of Andrew Luck's situation, that everyone's looking at Andrew Luck and saying, oh, well, you know, he just had to step away because he couldn't take it anymore, or he's soft for stepping away, which I, I wouldn't agree with. Wait for Chip Scoggins. I, I wouldn't be uh, surprised at all if part of the Andrew Luck conversation actually had to do with, and, and it would never be out there, they would never tell us about this, he would never put it out there himself, but you wonder what type of pain medication that he had to take to deal with all the injuries and surgeries that he had along the way. He had a staggering amount of injuries, and the fact that he played with a lacerated kidney at some point. I mean, how are you getting back on the field after dealing with things like that um, without using a lot of pain pills? And this is also, uh, when it goes to um, the NFL allowing players to use marijuana for pain management, I think it's about time that they take that step. And this should be another message that a lot of the things that they're using right now for pain management are just flat-out dangerous. Do you think, as a person that attends, practices a lot, games all the time, of all the sports do you, that you enjoy and watch, if you take your own personal selfish enjoyment out, out of it, do you think this sport is worth playing? Like, I think Luck finally said, and listen, listen, I think a lot of people that play football and are gifted do not love the sport, and I get why completely. Yep. But I think Luck finally came to the logical conclusion of, okay, I'm a generationally great QB, but I'm also a really, really smart guy. I went to Stanford. I can do a thousand things. I want my life to be as productive and healthy and as long and enjoyable, which is probably the most important word, as possible. Bleep this. I, and so I, just if, if I remove my own selfish, I really enjoy going to football games on Sunday. I don't think the sport's worth it, to be honest with yeah, you. I, well, the way I would look at it is if you start kids too early, the science tells you that that's more dangerous for them for their long term. And if you keep playing for so long through so many injuries, you're going to impact your long-term health. And guys are living their dream and don't want to quit. And Nate Jackson, the former tight end for the Broncos, wrote a great piece about this, about all the things he was dealing with and then getting pushed from trainers, getting pushed from coaches to continue playing. And I think that there's probably a shorter shelf life on it than it should be. So you could probably play it safely and happily for a few years if you don't suffer major injuries and things like that, stuff that isn't going to impact you long-term because you're young and you can recover and so forth. But a lot of times guys don't know when to call it quits no. because the paycheck is too big. They've created a lifestyle for themselves. So then they continue to push through it and push through it and push through it. And Andrew Luck was just uh, rich enough to be able to say, I don't have to do this anymore. But I think that a lot of players do that, and they push themselves way too far, and then you're talking about their long-term health and everything else. So I do think it's a sport that will continue to go on and go on and on and on, and the popularity won't fade, and there will always be people who want to play, even with participation down. But I also think what Andrew Luck did will become more common as we go along, where players say, I made some money, I had a good time, and now I've got to worry about myself and having my family and the rest of my life. And Gronk, too. So, Gronk, too, yeah, Gronk's absolutely. a great player. He's when, only one year older than Luck, and we're not even talking about and when, him. And, and when Gronk, I think it was uh, Monday or Tuesday, held that conference and basically started to cry and yeah. said, I was breaking down. Yep. That's true of how many, how many players, how many guys, yep. that basically they just start to give out. And, and the issue is, at least now, there is still, and it might not be every team, but a lot of teams, there's still that inherent pressure. So you're not tough enough to play, huh? Yeah, yeah. Come on, go out and play. Yeah. You can play. 
And these guys are young, and they don't want to disappoint people, and they're being paid a lot. And so they do that, and guess what? In five or ten years, you wake up, and it's hard to walk around. So after this Tyler Skaggs thing here um, in discovering how he passed away, I think it would be wise if the NFL paid a little bit more attention to what's going on behind the scenes with some teams, how pain is being managed, and they absolutely need to change the CBA to allow different options uh, Mm -hmm. as opposed to what they're doing now, which is suspending people like Josh Gordon for using marijuana and and Holton Hill, which is, to me, just ridiculous that they're doing that. So anyway... Let's uh, let's transition from hey, is this sport going to be around for a while? To so who's going to win the division? And I hope uh, all these guys play uh, through pain uh, to help my predictions come true. Well, that's how it goes. So, all right, all I want you to do is just tell me the order, and then we all can right. uh, then we can go back and forth on it. So, let's start with the AFC here, Judd. All right, and the AFC East. How do you see the AFC East playing out? Oh boy, let's see here. Who could finish first in the AFC? I know I, it's tough. I'm going to go. Uh, should I go difficult. with the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets? Okay, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Finish first. Yep. The uh, uh, the da, 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 Jets finish second, the Bills finish third, and I think the Dolphins have a fighting chance, go Dolphins, to not only be the worst team in this division, but the worst team in the NFL. All right, I'm going to agree with you on the order, but I say that there's a fighting chance that the New York Jets head coach falls apart early in the season, and they have to fire Adam Gase because he's a complete lunatic, and, yeah, and, and they have high expectations over the with Sam Darnold going into his second year. And I would say this, too. Buffalo has a great defense, legitimately a great defense, and that could win them alone seven or eight games. Yep. And if you win seven or eight games in that division, I mean, you're probably finishing second. So I, I will say that it's going to be New England, Jets, Buffalo, Miami, but I'll leave the door open for Buffalo in second place. That All div- right, That the, division, uh, by the way. I know. It's... The Patriots, no one ever talks about this, but they've just had the easiest road to the playoffs of any team and they every struggle single year. every year in Miami. That's the funniest thing. Yeah, that is. It's funny. like, why do you struggle in Miami every year? Well, when they give up uh, Hail Mary touchdowns like they yeah. did last year. All right, AFC West, Judd. Last year it finished Kansas City, uh, Los Angeles, Denver, and Oakland. Is it going to be the same order this year? Ooh, no. No, because I think the Chargers are going to fall off. Uh, I think it's going to go. But, but who rises to the challenge there if they do? I mean, who's taking their spot? Here, here's how I think it goes in the West. Kansas City finishes first. Still like the Chiefs a lot. Defense, I've got questions about, but I actually like Spags. So I think, I think their system might work. So Kansas City finishes first. I'm going to go Denver second, Chargers third, Oakland last. And, then, and that's where I think, as he goes into year three of the 10-year contract, John Gruden comes and says, we're going to Vegas, and we're going to have a new quarterback. We need a new there. quarterback. Yep, sure. I think I think Carr is the fall guy for the last year in Oakland. All right, I'm going to go hot take on this. Kansas City one, of course. I'm going to go Oakland second. I think the Antonio mm. Brown thing ultimately ends up working for them, and I'm going to die on this Antonio Brown. I hill think he's going to melt down on the quarterback. I think he's a great player, and that will ultimately rise to the top. That Derek Carr has not had a great wide receiver there. Uh, maybe Amari Cooper was better than we thought. But even though he's going to cause lots of problems, that their defense will improve and Gruden will figure some things out, right. and this is not going to be a great division. I think this is a lot of 7-8 win teams beyond Kansas City, and Oakland finishes second, okay. then Denver, then Los Angeles oh, is last. Oh, that's a hot, your hot take I know, right I know, I know, but I think this is the year that Phillip Rivers falls off the I edge. think the Chargers fall off. I, I'm, I can't put them last, but yeah. 
but I do mildly like Denver because of their defense and Vic Fangio. That is the sneakiest loss that the Vikings could have on their schedule yep. is playing Denver because Vic Fangio totally baffled Kirk Cousins in two games against the, my gut, the my, Bears last my year. My gut says that, that the Bears and Chargers are the two teams that take a uh, step back. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why on Chicago, and I might be wrong, but I just have a feeling about it. One of the hardest divisions to pick, AFC North, last year finished Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I am going to go Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Pittsburgh. Oh, so you think Cleveland is second? Yes. That's interesting. I think um, I, this one's hard because I like Baltimore, and I like the improvement that Lamar Jackson could make. And I'm not buying the Cleveland thing yet, and I'm definitely not buying Cincinnati at I, all this year. Just quickly, I think Lamar gets hurt, though. Yeah, he might get hurt. I, I think that his style, he can't alter his style completely, and that style in this league gets you hurt. So you've got Pittsburgh winning that division. That was going to be my hot take because they went through so much drama in the offseason. I think your take on this is right. That I, I think Pittsburgh ends up winning that division, and we all just go, you know what? Some franchises are just better than others. Yep. And they are, and they still have a good quarterback. I'm going to go Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, but Cleveland has the possibility of a wild card spot at 9-7, and seven, and then Cincinnati might win like three games. I think they're going to be a leader for Tua Tugaviola as the first pick, I think. Their coach is like 12. Yeah, he's... He's young, and Andy Dalton is not good, and they don't have a ton of talent. Their offensive line, they drafted a left tackle in the first round. He immediately gets hurt. They practice below a freeway. I've been there. Yeah, I've seen it. No, but I'm just yeah, saying. They do. They practice when, below a freeway. You, when the Vikings have the TCO Performance Center, <laughs> yes, and, they, and you're practicing below a freeway, yeah. and you're in the same league, you're going to have issues. All right, Judd. AFC South, Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. What is the order of these four squads? Oh, this is... Okay. This is a hard one. There's a lot of mediocrity here. There really is. I, I have no I have no feel for this, so I'm going to I'm going to just hot take it instead. I'm going to say Jacksonville rebounds finishes first. Oh wow. Okay. Doug Marone coach of the year. I'm going to say the Colts finish second. I don't like I like Deshaun Watson, but I don't like Bill O'Brien. Yes, I agree. And I, and when you're starting Mack left tackle, that's negligence. That gets Deshaun Watson hurt. And then Tennessee, I have no feel for, so I'm just going to put them last. Without Jadavian Clowney, if he doesn't play there, I think that their defense won't be as good either. Mm -hmm. And last year they had Tyron Matthew, and they don't have him anymore. So there's some problems. I'm going to go with the team that I think is the most talented from top to bottom that no one ever cares about because they have terrible uniforms, and that's the Tennessee Titans. I think the Tennessee Titans win the division because of no Andrew Luck, mediocrity on the Houston roster, and Doug Marone coaching Jacksonville, that Tennessee gets to the top, and then it's Houston, Indy, and Jacksonville at the bottom, and Doug Marone is fired. That's how I think this that's is just your go. That's your Christmas wish list well, is but what that, that is. Now, okay, so I think Nick Foles is better than Blake Bortles. But you kind of miss your window with the defense a little bit. You're still trying to force the ball to Leonard Fournette. Who are their receivers? I have no idea. You know what? There is, unless I'm completely missing something, in that division, there is one team I would, one player I would like to watch. watch Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, yeah. But besides that... If red zone, you know what? The AFC South might get the least red zone time I think of so. any division in this league. Let's go to Tennessee now and show you Marcus <laughs> Mariota leading a drive. Okay, now let's go to uh, Jacoby Brissett. I love Deshaun. I think Deshaun He's Watson's fantastic. Yes. But beyond that, 
There's three teams I really don't want to watch at all. Yeah. Now, I mean, and I, I don't want to watch a lot of the Texans. I, I just still, want to watch the quarterback. Maybe I, maybe I don't want to go that hot because I still think the quarterback is going to rise to the top, and that's how Houston can win the division. So maybe I'll maybe I'll switch that around and say I'm still going to roll, even though I think Khalil will be benched by like week one, and they'll bring in somebody Ooh. else, and Watson will just run around and make plays anyway, and they'll still win. So what would I'm make still you give him the job though? I, I don't know. I mean, he's like, one what NFL executive who watches any film. From the last I know. four years is like, you know, know. what? We can fix him. The, are we going to go through this with Laquan Treadwell, too, where he's on, like, his sixth team and someone's like, ah, oh, maybe? Yes. Yeah, I think we will. First-round pick? Absolutely. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll look at the NFC here on a Friday. Just having a little fun here, making some predictions about how the NFL season will play out. And next week on Purple Daily, we get to break down a football game that will Woo-hoo! really happen between the Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. Also, reports of a couple of players being cut by the Vikings. We'll let you know about those as well. It's uh, nobody game-changing. Um, but we'll be right, right back here on Purple Daily. 43 here out at the State Fair. It's the Score North booth. Time for the Score North download. Our booth is off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. You can find us every weekday from now until Labor Day. So today and on Monday, right here on Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. Score North Twin Show at noon. Purple Daily 2 to 4. Mackie and Judd with Rami 4 to 6 both those days. Check out the Score North merchandise booth open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily throughout the weekend. Show us your Score North mobile app and you'll receive a $5 t-shirt. Also, we're, we are donating all proceeds from the All Arise t-shirts to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. That's over at our merchandise booth here off Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand as we are out at the State Fair for just a couple more days here at Score North. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Big news, Judd Zolgad in the NFL, as Aldrick Robinson has been released by the Carolina Panthers. And you know what? This is where I'm at with the wide receivers. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Bring him back. Yep. He had 17 catches and I think six touchdowns or something last year for the Vikings. Yep. Bring him back. There, there is I'm no Right now they have no number five wide receiver. And if someone gets hurt, at least he knows Kirk Cousins and he played pretty well when they threw him in there last year. It's better than Laquan Treadwell. Do you agree with my uh, statement earlier in today's show when Myron was here that I would cut Treadwell based on the fact that I know if I put him in the game, Cousins will throw to yes, him? Yes, 100%. That's why I yes. cut him. Yes. Cause if I had a quarterback that I thought, okay, he'll play special teams, and if I have to play him, he could sort of just be out there and an occasional almost decoy, if that's the right word yeah. for it. But I know Kirk's going to throw to him. When Kirk Cousins threw to him on fourth down in New England, like, okay, all right, this, is, this, is, this has to end. Yep. You can't have this guy on the field. He's not a reliable receiver at all, and yet Cousins, like you said, will still throw him the ball in big-time situations. So release him, sign Aldrick Robinson or whoever, and that's your receiving core with Thielen Diggs, Chad Beebe. B.C. Johnson is going to be a name to watch, whether he actually gets on the field and plays, because mm-hmm. I think he does have potential. He checks off a lot of the same boxes that someone like Thielen and Diggs did when they were young players. Like, he's smart, he... Um, can run really good routes, like isn't the blazing fast guy, but um, you know, kind of fits the things that are working in the NFL for receivers today. Sure. Uh, so there you go. Bring back Aldrick. And I'm already getting yelled at online for saying, bring back Aldrick Robinson. I mean, come on Why? now. Why are you getting um, yelled at? All right. Uh, okay, so the NFC, Judd. NFC East, how does this play out? Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, New York last year. 
What is your prediction on the NFC East? <laughs> uh, Philadelphia finishes first. Dallas, because uh, I'm guessing at some point in time Zeke comes back. But nonetheless, Philadelphia first, Dallas second, Giants third, Washington last. And I'm trying to decide if I want to move the Giants up. And you know what? I just can't do it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say that Philadelphia finishes first in that division, and then Pat Shermer's New York Giants are second over Dallas. And here's why I think that. Because their owner has become a ridiculous distraction for that team at this point, mm-hmm. and his arguing through the media and making jokes about Zeke Elliott and all those things, I think that that is uh, manipulating the team a little bit and distracting the team. And without Zeke Elliott playing, assuming that he doesn't come back anytime soon, the analytics will show you that running backs are often replaceable, but I don't think Zeke Elliott is replaceable. Why doesn't Stephen Jones tell his father to shut up? Yeah, well, that I don't know. Stephen Jones has actually done a really good job there. Yeah, yeah. Just tell Jerry, Jerry, be quiet. Yeah, and I, and I like Dak Prescott and I like their defense. So reasonably speaking, I think it's a hot take to say that the Giants could finish ahead of them because they're much more talented as a complete team. They should finish first or second. I just wonder if they get off to a little bit of a tough start and then it becomes a circus with Ezekiel Elliott not coming back. So Predi- prediction off the prediction, is this the last year for Eli Manning? Uh, yeah, I think it is, especially with Daniel Jones looking really good in the preseason. I think Manning would be the guy who says, you know what? I can't do it anymore. I'm I'm dinged up. It's the end, you know, the end of my career. I've been just trying to get the ball away over the last few years. They still don't have a great offensive line there, I don't think. And uh, I think he does turn it over to Daniel Jones. Now, whether Pat Shermer gets another chance because of that, right. we'll see. With the pressure there, I don't know if he gets the three years. Let us go to the NFC West: Los Angeles, Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona. Last year, this one is hard. Oh, I love it. I am going to go Rams first, Seahawks second, because every time I try and write the Seahawks off and say this is not going to be the, their year, guess what? They still have elite a quarterback, fan, a yep. fantastic quarterback. Uh, I was real high on San Francisco last year. I'm going to dial that back now. I'm not quite sure on Garoppolo. And then I think Arizona is going to be a dumpster fire. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to – and Kyler Murray, I think, is going to have potential, so don't don't mistake dumpster fire with they're going to screw this up long-term this time because they might not. Uh, but I think for this year it's going to be tough. I will say that Los Angeles slides back, still gets to the playoffs, but finishes second in the division. I wish I had the guts to do that. And I'm going to say that San Francisco is the team. I, that Whoa! they surprise, That Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy Woo! for the entire year. And Kyle Shanahan's offense that got over eight yards of throw from Nick Mullins that uh, San Francisco ends up winning that division. Then I was, Los Angeles. I was on that train last then year. Then Seattle. And I don't see any way Arizona is, is very good. I mean, their whole team is not good. Their defense is bad. Their offensive line is bad. But I think bad. Kyler's going to be good eventually. But Kyle Shanahan has been one of the brightest people in football for a long time and has had some really tough breaks there. He gets there. They've got no team, basically. They trade for Garoppolo. He starts to look pretty good last year, and then he hurts his ACL, goes out for the year, and then, of course, they struggle the rest of the way. This is the team that I think everyone goes, wow, San Francisco is, you know, had this huge jump, and Kyle Shanahan's coach of the year. I'm picking them to win the West. Okay. All right. Uh, the NFC North, Judd. We know the teams. Oh, How does this play out? Oh, not out? the South first? Let's go with the NFC. Okay, all right. Let's, I, I thought you were saving the North for last. All right, last. let's save the North for last. Let's do the NFC South. Last year it was Saints, Falcons, Carolina right. Panthers, and Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to hot take you here because this division – to me, is uh, consistently just weird. Yep. Like there's always somebody that pops up, somebody that goes down. I'm going to go Atlanta first, 
Carolina second. Saints regressing, finished third, and then Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I, I like Arians a lot, but I still have to put them last. But the hot take here is that the Falcons now ba- bounce back up and finish first. So I was actually thinking the same thing with the Falcons, but I think New Orleans is just too good. So I'm going to still go New Orleans. I'll go Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay finishes last because Jameis Winston will just throw too many interceptions. And even how much Bruce Arians may try, I don't think that that guy can really be helped. So do you think Breeze is fine? I, I do. I, I think it was made a little too much of that he struggled toward the end of the year, and he put them in position to win a game in the NFC Championship and just got a really bad call there, uh, for, or a no call with Nikel Roby Coleman. All right, before we wrap up, and we'll be back here on Monday. I have my ticket, and we'll be back here on Monday. Um, I'm glad you got your ticket. For one more broadcast, but until we are officially in NFL season, uh-huh. our last moment to make a prediction on the NFC North, Judd. All right. This is subject to change in the next couple of days, <laughs> but I'm going to give this to you right is this now. If they get Aldrick Robinson or not? I'm going to go Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win it. Uh, wow. Okay. And you're I going, do. You're and, going for it, and huh? I'm, I'm going with my gut on Chicago here. I think Chicago is I, – still, I still like that defense – but I think they've been mismanaged, and I do think Trubisky is not that great. So Chicago being third is also a little bit of a hot take. Let me go even a little hotter since we're at the Minnesota State Fair and not the Wisconsin State Fair. I'm going to say the Vikings win the division. I agree with you. And that Chicago finishes second. Detroit is halfway decent, and everything just implodes in Green Bay. I don't think Rodgers is the same. I don't think they have any weapons. I have no idea if Matt LaFleur can actually coach. And the guy that they drafted to be a big part of their defense, he already is hurt and doesn't look any good. So I'm going to say that the Packers are a 6-10 and 10 type of team. Whoa. Again, Whoa. maybe 7-9. and nine. I, I just, I'm just not believing in the Green Bay Packers right now. Are and you I saying Rodgers is done? Not done, but just good, but not great anymore. Not like number one quarterback in the league anymore. Oops. He hasn't been for about four years. Uh, yeah, He hasn't been the quarterback he was from 2012 to 2015 in quite some time. Since 2015, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he's just okay, if he's just decent, so are you the saying, rest of that team is not very good. And are you saying he does not get hurt? I think their because, offense is just bad. Because he's gotten hurt, too. Are you saying he does not get hurt and he just re- and he's just regressing? Yeah, and and now look, he he could always take these bad weapons that he has and an offensive line that's not as good anymore. He could always make them way better because he's Aaron Rodgers and he might bounce back. So that's one of those I'm throwing it out there as a prediction before we go into the season that I think that that's very reasonable can happen. Yeah. But you still have someone who has absurd talent. I just I wonder about his body too. I mean, he's had injury after injury. If he gets dinged up a little, then he's not going to be the same guy. And I'm also not sure that he won't just take apart that relationship with his head coach pretty fast. Do you think? How much do you think the Lafleur Rogers relationship matters? The McCarthy, because McCarthy it, was his guy. I think with McCarthy, it did at the end though, because there wasn't the talent to but make Rogers up is for gonna, it. But. Rodgers is so going to override what LaFleur wants, I think, which might also be really, really bad. I don't know. But the dynamic there, the problem that the Packers have, I think it starts with this. Mark Murphy, their president, is trying to act like he's in charge. And if you remember, the stability that uh, Green Bay gained around 91 or 92 was Ron Wolf. Mm-hmm. They need a real GM. And Gutekunst is like, is like Murphy's uh, lapdog, basically. 
And when the president starts to act like he knows football there, sure. it's a big problem. Yeah, and th- I just think that their roster overall is not super strong. And if you don't have a super strong roster and you're asking Aaron Rodgers to, to raise the level of everyone's play, I'm just not sure you could do it anymore. So, so you're picking them last? Yeah, I'm picking them last. Wow. That's right. I think Matt Patricia People should figures love it out. Detroit. People should be applauding We'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami is coming up next. This is Purple Daily. If you missed any of the show, download it on iTunes. And uh, make sure you come say hello to Rami as he uh, hopefully continues to eat random I'm not foods feeding on the I'm radio. I'm done feeding so. him. It got too creepy. <laughs> All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next here. Score North. Sorry, get the button too soon. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.